Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. I know it's been a couple weeks, but I have another amazing guest today for you guys. Her name is Rachel Smith. I have known her for, uh, I don't even know how long, probably since 2013. We both kind of got started in the fitness industry at the same time, um, got started competing around the same time. She's a fellow Pitbull Mama. She is an online coach for women with fibromyalgia and just an all-around amazing person. So I'm really excited for you guys to hear this episode. And with that said, we're just going to get on with it. So yeah, you have the floor. My name is Rachel Gerson, although I recently got married. So now it's Rachel Smith. So if you look for me on Instagram. Um, I'm under coach Rachel Smith is my new Instagram handle. Um, and what my name used to be was pain-free kitchen. And so I have been blogging, I would say since about 2016. And I've been really co- like actively coaching and created my own coaching group since about like 2019, 2020. So the reason that my name was originally called pain-free kitchen was many, many years ago. I, many years ago, 10 years ago, I was diagnosed with fibromyalgia. So fibromyalgia is a, I would say it's becoming more known, but it's, it's not too known. Um, but it's a disorder where I feel pain in my entire body at all times. And with that comes like a whole host of other symptoms. So um, you'll have trouble sleeping because you're in so much pain, which then can cause chronic fatigue. Um, IBS is a huge part of it. Um, And then they say things like anxiety and depression come up, but duh, when you're in pain all the time, you're pretty depressed. Um, So I was diagnosed in 2010 and there is currently no real treatment for fibromyalgia at all. Um, there, they will throw antidepressants at you. That's about it. And they tell you just to deal with it. And so back then I started experimenting and someone told me, uh, someone I met at a party, she said, well, I really haven't had any symptoms since I went gluten-free. And that sort of sparked a whole, um, exploration of how food and kind of your gut health, et cetera, how that can affect how you feel. Um, And that's what sparked pain-free kitchen. So my whole blog was about how to use food um, to control your, my fibromyalgia symptoms. However, the name changed recently. And now I have a program called Fibro Fit Warriors which is a 12-week fitness and nutrition program uh, specifically for people with chronic pain, with fibromyalgia. And the reason I did the name switch was in 2016, I got my master's degree in exercise science. And I realized that controlling fibromyalgia was so much more than just food. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of research that came out and is continuing to come out that says weight training can basically erase fibromyalgia symptoms. Oh, wow. And uh, that was what my master's thesis was in. It's what I continued to study. So with FibroFit Warriors, which I think sort of encompasses everything a lot better, um, we work on 
nutrition changes uh, and specifically like for you because that'll vary person to person. Um, Weightlifting is a huge part of it. And then the other two pieces are are actually the, I would say the last piece is stress management because um, stress is the number one trigger for fibro pain. Um, And so that's something that, that we also work on in the group. That does not surprise me. I feel like stress is such a trigger for everything because I'm in the gut health space now. So mm-hmm. that's a, that's a huge one for us as yes. well. I feel like it's just like the nail in the coffin almost for most people. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I have clients, I talk to people on social media. I'm sure you see this too. Uh, they'll say I'm doing everything right with my nutrition, right? Like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm eating really well. I, um, you know, eating all of my, my gut healthy foods, et cetera. I don't understand uh, why I'm still feeling this way. And I'm like, well, is your current diet causing you stress? Yeah. And you're just <laughs> negating all of the good things that you're doing. If you're so stressed out about what foods to eat and what foods not to eat, because you keep hearing all this conflicting information online mm-hmm. and don't know what the right answer is. Yeah. Well, it's never going to work. Exactly. And then if you throw life stress on top of it, like any sort of big life change, it's going to make it even worse. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I typically have my clients, um, track their pain and Mm -hmm. something that I always have them do is I say only track the worst days because what I noticed was if you have a client track every single day, And so they're like, okay, maybe I'm at a three and I'm at a 10, whatever. All they do is focus on the pain versus if you say, just write down the days that you like super notice it, that are just like so, so bad, then it kind of takes the power away from that while still being able to track. And so then once we find the really bad days, I'm like, okay, well, tell me about the day. Like what happened? Yeah. And you're at, yeah, it's normally life stress. It's normally like, oh, well, like I had one, well, my dad recently died. Uh, yeah, yeah there you go. <laughs> that's, um, that sounds pretty stressful to me. Yeah. yeah. I would be a wreck. Like, I right? can't exactly, imagine. exactly. And, um, yeah. So anyway, that's, that's what I do. And of course, like, you know, saying, oh, you, you should not be stressed out. Like that's, no, of course that's never going to happen. Um, but if you can learn kind of what triggers you. So for example, if you had a really shitty job, um, and I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say that word on your podcast, but uh, (laughs) I curse like a sailor. Um, so do I (laughs) not at work because like, no, of course not faith-based restaurant, but you know, (laughs) yeah, yes, exactly. So if you have a really terrible job, where it's just like weighing on you, then I would tell you like, is your health worth it? Like, is this job worth losing your health? And the answer is always no. And then you start looking for a new job. And the minute you find a new job, all of a sudden I feel better. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, there we go. Yeah, it, it's a big weight lifted off your shoulders. Yeah. It really is. Yeah, exactly. That, um, that actually happened to me in two, 2017 or 18. Um, 
like all my years are blending together now, yeah. but, um, at the yeah. age where it does. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I, I was in this horrible job. I was crying every single day coming home and, uh, my husband and I were just started dating at the time. Mm-hmm. And I just like was miserable. And after I want to say a solid five years of my fibromyalgia being really well controlled and like yeah. not having any issues, all of a sudden it started coming up again. And I started flaring, it was getting really bad. And I just quit. Like I had enough money and savings that I had the opportunity to just turn in my resignation. And I would say within two weeks, the pain disappeared again. Wow. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. Honestly, because, you know, I can totally relate. Like my gut health was so bad. Um, after I stopped competing in 2018, that's when like it all started with me and I was going through an awful, like toxic divorce. I had Liam two years, well, a year and a half earlier. So my body was still trying to adjust postpartum and it, it was just like, you know, I already had acid reflux and the job that I was working at didn't understand that. Like, sometimes I would need to answer the phone from my lawyer and it might ruin my mood for the rest of the day. Like, yeah. And once I quit that job, moved on, like met Paul moved in, like everything kind of like leveled out. Granted, it didn't help because I had to like heal on my own, but it stopped getting worse. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Now with the diet stuff, you had mentioned that you went gluten-free. Are you still gluten-free today? Uh, I am, but not a hundred percent. So what I realized, so when I first started, I was a hundred percent, you know, super strict, et cetera. Um, that let's see, when did I start? I think I started going gluten-free around 2012, 2013. And one thing that I noticed was over the years, it was like, I could have like a little bit of gluten. So for example, I could go out to a restaurant and cross-contamination wasn't a big thing for me, or I could have one cookie and I'd be fine. Mm -hmm. But what would happen is I would go, um, this was when I was with my ex at the time and we would go visit his family for Christmas and his mom would always make cookies Mm -hmm. and I would eat cookies every single day, like the entire week of Christmas. Yeah. And it would cause the worst flare. And I would constantly be like, oh my God, Rachel, why do you keep doing this to yourself? Like, this Mm -hmm. is, you know, so stupid. You should know better, et cetera. Um, And thankfully, because of that experience, I now am able to say no, thank you a lot better. Um, But then also I feel like I can relate to a lot of my clients who are now going through what I had gone through. Mm -hmm. And so I don't want anyone to look at me and be like, wow, you're gluten-free and it's, it, you make it look so easy. Like you don't, you don't ever miss cookies or d- you don't ever miss eating this. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh no, I've been there. Like yeah. <laughs> ch- changing your diet sucks. It like does. having to eat differently than your friends or mm-hmm. um, let's say, you know, for 
a period of time, like I was giving up alcohol. And so being around people who were drinking and having cocktails and everything, and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not like, it's, it's not that fun. No. Um, but yeah, but the longer you do it, the easier it becomes of your like, okay, like this is, this is worth it to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I can relate to that too. I'm lactose intolerant. So, mm-hmm. you know, when you first find out it absolutely sucks and you're like, oh, I can't have this. I can't have this. And the one thing that sticks in my mind when I realized, no, this is worth it. I'm like doing this was I had a cupcake backstage after a show. It was like one of yeah. those little tiny ones from Walmart, but it was like overloaded with icing. Lost yep. my appetite for two days. <laughs> it was so, oh, no. in so much pain. I was like, nope, never again. <laughs> yep. Yep. Exactly. And it's yeah. so funny that something else I talked to my clients about is like, there are some foods where you get that immediate reaction. Mm-hmm. And those are the ones that are very easy to give up. So yeah. I am... I'm technically, um, intolerant to soy. Okay. So, um, soy milk, edamame, tofu, Mm -hmm. um, soy protein. So like cliff bars, (laughs) um, will have me within seconds running to the restroom and wanting to die. And so like, I have zero problems giving up edamame because as delicious as it is, like, no. <laughs> yeah. But then there are the other foods that are affecting your gut, but like it's that slow buildup mm-hmm. that you don't really notice until like three days later. Those are the ones that are because then you constantly question yourself. You're always like, do I really need to give up this food? Is it really affecting me? Mm-hmm. It's it's probably fine. And yeah. then so you have to like go through that process a couple of times. Yeah. To realize, Hey, maybe this is a problem instead of like, you know, you eat it one day and you probably won't notice anything, but like, say you eat it multiple times or, you know, three days in a row. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's something I talk to my clients about as well, because I'm like, look, there are certain things that yes, we, we will be able to reverse, but there are also going to be things that we'll find that maybe it's just your genetics and your body can't handle it. Exactly. Exactly. like that slow buildup is coconut. Yeah. Near coconut. Yeah. But you know, whenever they're always a little bit shocked at first and I'm like, look, (laughs) it's, it's not always the case, but you just have to be prepared. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. The, when I said like, Oh, I'm, I'm not a hundred percent gluten-free. Um, that's because, so at home where we're, you know, a hundred percent gluten-free and I'm, that's the way I eat. But I, if like I go out to a restaurant or something like that, I might order a sandwich or I'll order a piece of bread or something like that because I feel like my gut is now in such a good place that it's fine. But the other thing, speaking of like lactose intolerant, I don't know if you've noticed this, the more natural the cheese, like the the healthy straight from the cow, mm-hmm. like organic, like all that stuff, tears my insides up okay like I cannot eat the healthy dairy uh-huh. but then I can eat the the yo play yogurt that's like zero fat like a hundred percent chemicals like you know is yeah is not natural in any way whatsoever 
Yeah. Totally fine. Totally fine. That's interesting because I haven't like experimented that much. Like I've noticed I can have like a spoon of ice cream and be okay. I work at an ice cream shop. So, you know, yep. oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean, I really don't even go near cheese because I just, I don't want to risk it. So that's something I yeah. might have to try. Yeah. It's, it's the weirdest thing. Like the, the healthier, more natural versions or whatever. Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. Yeah. But the, like if you, I don't, I'm trying to think of like a really chemically ice cream. It's all so, <laughs> that's, yeah. I was going to say that they all taste awful, but like, um, yeah. If you've got some like fat free something or other, I mm-hmm. wonder if you'd be okay with it. Uh, I will have to look and maybe experiment a little and get back to you on that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, does your husband, does he have any of the same like allergies that you do or? So he's very lactose intolerant, Um, but he is also very stubborn Mm -hmm. and I have been working with him for many years to try to get him to stop eating dairy. Uh, And he, I don't, I don't, I don't want to say it's like, maybe Mm -hmm. it's a man thing because I don't want to like stereotype like that. But oh my God, like he will eat a food and then go running to the bathroom and think like, oh, that's totally normal. It's totally fine. Yeah. Okay. But at home, like we stopped, like I just, I won't buy ice cream. I won't buy cheese, anything like that. And then he does eat gluten-free at home with me just because it's easier. Mm -hmm. Um, But speaking of like gut health and things like that, he did the whole 30 elimination diet. Yeah. This was like three years ago. Mm-hmm. And he said he noticed he had always had really bad back pain. Yeah. Since like high school. Cause he, so he played um, football all through high school and mm-hmm. then played semi-pro after. And so he always just assumed like, Oh, it's, it's just football injury, whatever. And he said on the whole 30, it was the first time in his life that like he had zero back pain. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. But the problem is he didn't reintroduce foods properly. Mm-hmm. He just got so burned out by it that he just like stopped. Ate, stopped. And so to this day, we still aren't a hundred percent sure what was the food that had been irritating his gut. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Hmm. That's interesting. Right. Now, I, I remember back when we first met that like you were, you did the whole 30 and you did it a few times. Um, mm-hmm. I don't exactly remember what it is though. So if you can yeah. like, give me an idea and then I, I do want to know, is that something that you have some of your clients do as well? Yeah, it's a great question. So um, the whole 30 is a 30 day elimination diet. It's completely free. All of the instructions are online mm-hmm. and Basically what you do is you eliminate, um, all of all foods that could possibly be irritating your gut. So it's like all grains, all legumes, all dairy, all alcohol, all artificial sweeteners and a few other things. And it was created by, I'm trying to think what her new last name is, uh, a woman named Melissa who, um, also recently went through a divorce. And so her name has changed, but I was a huge whole 30 fan when we first met, that yeah. was, um, what I based a lot of my content around things like that. 
And I do find a lot of value in it and thought about taking my clients through it. Mm-hmm. But what I noticed over the years is that it's very hard for clients to stick to an extreme elimination diet like that. Yeah. And then typically what will happen is even if they can stick to it while I'm coaching them after we're done, they are so burnt out that they just rebound and go headfirst into every single food all over again. And all of that work is, is taken away. Mm-hmm. And so instead of doing elimination diet or like strict elimination diets with my clients, we start with just gluten. Okay. Um, that is right now, there's some research, positive research that says mm-hmm. people with fibromyalgia have something called non-celiac gluten sensitivity. Yeah. And so I say, let's just try it. Let's try it for, you know, three weeks, four weeks, reintroduce it, see how you feel. And then from there, we look at all of the other foods that could be happening. So things like dairy, artificial sweeteners, um, caffeine affects some of us, that kind of thing. But I, I've stopped doing the more extreme elimination diets. Mm-hmm. I think that there's a time and a place where I think they work, obviously, yeah. like they, they worked for me. I think a lot of practitioners who do elimination diets know what they're doing and, and like do it. It's, it's great. And if, I think some clients really benefit from just ripping the bandaid off and getting it over with. But I just, I've seen too many of my clients fail mm-hmm. to that. I've just personally, I'm like, okay, we're, we're not doing this anymore. Yeah. No, I can see where you're coming from because I don't think that I could personally just like rip the bandaid off and like get it, you know, over mm-hmm. with. And I know that there's so many people who would have a hard time with that as well, because even when I'm talking about like, okay, let's, you know, just take out these few things and see how you feel. They're like, what? Yeah. (laughs) Like if it's something they absolutely love, even no matter how bad it makes, it might make them feel, they don't want to, you know, get rid of it. Yeah. There's, there's so many, there's like that emotional tie to the food, which is hard to break. And then the other thing that you're always struggling with is like, let's say you eat eggs for breakfast every single day. And I'm telling you that you can't eat eggs. What the hell do you eat for breakfast? Like that has been your whole breakfast life for years. Mm -hmm. And so um, that's something that I see all the time when I say like, hey, you you need to cut out gluten. If they've been eating avocado toast every day for breakfast, I'm like, okay, well, I have to teach you how to eat again. Like you have to do gluten-free oatmeal or eggs or hash browns or like, a non-breakfast food, like, Mm -hmm. but that doesn't come. That's not intuitive. Like all of that has to be taught. Mm -hmm. No, I definitely agree. It's, it's a hard mindset change to make Mm -hmm. for a lot of people. And like you said, when you throw somebody off their routine that they've had for years, it's like, oh my gosh, what do I do? It's, it's like their version of overwhelm. Like you can't wrap your brain around it. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Which then causes stress which then makes your symptoms worse. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Uh, No, I really do feel for people who have to like go through the things that we have to put them through, but like, there's really no other way around it because like you said, there's no cure for fibro and that you can't just take a pill and expect your digestion to get better. So exactly, exactly. You know what? And that's the other thing too, is I get a lot of comments on um, Instagram, like what's the best diet? 
like what diet do I need to follow? Mm -hmm. And they're always looking that they always want this like straightforward answer of like, oh, uh, the keto is the answer or the Mediterranean diet or something like that. And I'm like, yeah, it doesn't work that way. Like, yeah, sure. Is there a diet called the anti-inflammatory diet? Yes, there is. Is it a fad? Absolutely. Yeah. Are there pieces of it that we should take from it? Yes. Um, but if you're looking for, here's a big list, I'm get, like, this will work for you. Like it. Yeah. Everybody just wants yeah. a quick fix now. And that. Yes. Yes. Which work. is, is so frustrating because I'm sure you see this as a coach, like when you are trying to grow an Instagram account or grow a YouTube account or whatever, what do people gravitate towards? The people that have the quick fix, yeah. the people that say, oh, the reason you've been feeling this pain for all of these years is because, I don't know, you don't drink apple cider vinegar in the morning and Mm -hmm. all you have to do is drink apple cider vinegar and then you'll suddenly feel better. Yeah. And like, those are the posts that keep getting shared. And those are the accounts that have millions of followers. Mm -hmm. When in reality, it's like, could it help? Maybe, is it worth a try? Maybe. Yeah. Do you probably have other things going on that you will need to address first? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) There's other reasons that you're not seeing. Exactly. That's not going to work. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's definitely a multi-level approach for everything. And yeah, anyway, there's just, I, I get kind of annoyed sometimes when I see all these like really popular people on the internet spouting all of this um not not there's not misinformation like a a lot of it comes from the same things you and I are doing but it's the way that they they say this is true for everybody yeah and it's always true and of course this is true it's like well no it's not (laughs) Yeah, that, that's the thing with like nutrition and fitness. There's there's always a catch-22. Mm-hmm. Like, and I agree, like I do get annoyed as well when I see these, you know, big names, you know, just spouting off this information. And you just kind of like, you have to bite your tongue. <laughs> right? Oh yeah. I like, at this point, like I, I'm so over internet drama. Mm-hmm. So I yeah. will, I will never comment. And then even if somebody comments misinformation on my posts, I like try, like I will subtly say it, but then I'm always like, but if, you know, if it works for you, like I'm not one to tell you no. Mm-hmm. Fibromyalgia typically affects women. It's yeah. like 90% women, 10% men. Okay. And yeah. Um, and with what also is interesting is that the men it does affect are nor are like our veterans, our army veterans. Hmm. And so there's some research that says that there's some link between like trauma and getting fibromyalgia that basically, um, your body, like something happens, whether it's, um, like extreme or was a slow build or whatever. So my fibromyalgia started after a water skiing accident. And yeah, and so that's typically what you'll see is um, after car accidents, some people it happens after childbirth, which I cannot even imagine 
having to do postpartum and then suddenly you're in pain all the time. Yeah. Um, but like some sort of whatever. So anyway, so it's 90% women. And when I was putting together my program and my coaching and everything like that, all my clients were women. And mm-hmm. so all of the successes that, that I was seeing with them were, were from women. Yeah. And I would say like, I, I would get a handful of men who would reach out to me that would have it. And again, like a lot of them were veterans or whatever, and, and they're just looking for answers. They're looking for help. Yeah. And I, the answers that I, I used to give them, I would say, no, like I, I don't, I don't coach men. But the thing is that the help that I'm giving you, you don't need. Yeah. Like I found that in at least my experience, changing your diet, like giving up gluten and things like that. And then also weightlifting. Mm-hmm. Almost all of the men that I've spoken to have weightlifted in the past. Yeah. So I'm like, I don't have to teach you how to use the gym. I don't have to teach you to not be embarrassed to go to the gym mm-hmm. or um, you know, anything like that. Like I could just tell you, Hey, you should do X, Y, and Z. You don't need my coaching for that. Go off and do it. And if you still need me, come back to me. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was one. And then the other thing too, is like all of the research has been done with women. And so I always have to like, give them the caveat of, I think this will work for you, but I don't have the science to back it up. Yeah. So come back to me and tell me if it works or not. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I get it. I mean, I I actually find that really interesting that it's mostly women. Mm -hmm. And now that you say that, besides you, the only two people that I know who have fibromyalgia are women. Yep. Yep, exactly. It's very rarely affects men. Um, And then the other thing, well, it's like a whole nother level. So one, you know, why is it that, you know, men aren't getting it? Is it because men aren't having as much trauma as women? Like just being a woman growing up, like we go through so much shit oh, yeah. in high school and college that men just don't. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that could be one thing. The other thing is that women tend to be more social creatures. And so mm-hmm. we will be more vocal. We'll lean on our girlfriends. We'll... Um, you know, talk about our problems and things like that. Mm-hmm. Whereas it's very hard to get most men to open up. Yeah. I, was about, to say, I think mm-hmm. men handle their emotions differently. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Like if a man is in pain, it's nine times out of 10, he's not going to turn to his partner and say like, something's wrong with me. Mm-hmm. I need to go to the hospital. I don't understand they will just say, oh, it's just, this is normal. This is growing pains. This is from something, whatever, and just brush it off. Yeah. Um, and that happens too with a lot of the, like if you look online for any of the support groups or anything like that, it's always women. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, is it always women? Because men just don't talk about it. Like you're not going to see a man create an Instagram account and- yeah talk about about his fibromyalgia or his gut health yeah there's just the very rarely I I would say maybe there's like one or two um Mm -hmm. who feel comfortable but we're just we're not there as is a society yet 
mm-hmm. where I think most men would feel comfortable talking about how they feel. And I think it's going to take a very long time for that to happen. It's it's going to be up to us as like women and mothers to teach our sons to be open and vulnerable. Yes. I know absolutely. personally, like as a mom, that's how I'm trying to raise Liam. And so far I feel like it's working. That's awesome. Um, he's he's very sensitive and very caring. He has like very big feelings. <laughs> and, but you know, I notice what you're saying, like men just, you know, like you said, they probably just don't talk about it as much. Yeah. So that's why it's mostly women. Because I've again, like I've noticed the same thing with the gut health. Like that's why it's mostly women. Men won't talk yes. about it. My, yeah. my dad is probably the one man I know that will openly like this food doesn't agree with me. I'm not going to go near it. Like, (laughs) wow. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. That is very true. I wish I could get my husband to do any of that. He's like, oh, my stomach hurts. (laughs) I'm going to eat this again. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) What, what did you eat? What are you stressed? Like, let's get to the root of the problem. Right. Oh, you ate Taco Bell. Oh, okay. Well that, that makes sense now why your stomach hurts. (laughs) I never really thought about it like this, but we are like health therapists, basically. That is a hundred percent accurate. I, it's so funny. The longer I've become a coach, the more I realize like coaching is not about sharing information. Mm -hmm. Like you could go to Pinterest and find a free workout program or a free gut health diet, whatever. Yeah. Like you can find all of that for free online. Mm -hmm. Um, but as a coach, what I find that I do more often is like, like you said, like, I don't want, we shouldn't use the word therapy, but it's kind of, that's what it is. Like Mm -hmm. I tell me about your feelings. Let's get to the root of the problem. What was the trigger? You know, asking all of the questions that you wouldn't know to think to ask. Yeah. And then that's all the, you know, breakthroughs come through of, um, like when we, you know, when I have clients say like, Oh, I know pizza, you know, doesn't agree with me, but I ordered pizza and I ate it and I feel like crap. And I'm like, okay, well, why'd you order pizza? Oh, cause it tasted good. No. Why'd you order pizza? There, there <laughs> like, was a mental thing of why there was a mental pizza. exactly is oh you're really tired and so you was easy and then you're really upset about something and comfort. the pizza yes exactly the pizza gave you that comfort that you were looking for mm-hmm. so like what else can give you that comfort that's not a food that's gonna make you feel like crap <laughs> yeah <laughs> maybe can we go for a walk cuddle your yeah. dog play with your kid something else. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I find that's like 99% of my coaching is asking all of the questions to get to the root of the problem and then finding better ways to deal with emotions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Same here. Because like, like we both said, like stress is a huge thing for, you know, what we do. And Mm -hmm. the only way that we can alleviate that part is okay, let's see if we can work together to figure out a better way for you to manage this. It's fun. It's interesting. And (laughs) it can definitely be a little exhausting. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Um, That's actually, so a big change happened in my coaching. I used to do one-on-one coaching Mm -hmm. 
And um, that was my entire client list. And it was very individualized. And um, it was a lot of like Zoom calls, um, just the two of us. And what I noticed was um, it was very exhausting. Like I personally was getting really burnt out from taking on so much to help all my clients all the time. Mm -hmm. And so I, last year was when I created my group program, FiberFit Warriors. And now that's the only coaching I do. I will not do one-on-one coaching. It's just, it's, you join my group or you follow my Instagram for free. Like it's, those are the two options. And what I noticed with the group program was that, was that the, my clients can now benefit from that social support from the other people in the group. So now it's not always like, oh, I have to rely on Rachel to help support me with everything. It's like, now I can post in our private community group Mm -hmm. and get 10 other people responding um, and hyping me up. So when I'm really stressed out about work, they have 10 different people being like, oh man, I'm so sorry, work sucks. You know, can you find a new job? Um, You know, let's talk about it or whatever. And it's, it's been such a cool change. That's awesome. Now I have a question. How do you, because fibro is so like, you have to be so individualized with their nutrition and stuff. How do you navigate that as a part of the group coaching? Yeah. So, um, what I started doing is I teach my clients how to track their food intake Mm -hmm. and how to kind of analyze it to see what foods might be affecting them. So the first time that I did fiber fit warriors, I had all of my clients use my fitness pal Mm -hmm. because that's what I was using. And what I found was that unless you have been tracking for a while, like you and I used to compete. So tracking is so easy for us. Um, It can be extremely overwhelming for a lot of the people that I, I look to, uh, that I help with. Yeah. And so now what we do is I have them, um, I don't know if, if you ever use this with your clients, but the trainerize app. Yeah. Yeah. I Um, use it. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So um, I have an account with trainerize and that's what I use. And um, I created like my own app using that. Mm -hmm. And one of the new functionalities they have is you can track your food with a photo. Oh, yeah. It's, they released that update. I want to say like December, January, something like that of this year. And it's been like, like such a change Uh because now all of my clients, we do it for a couple weeks. They can take, they just take pictures of everything they eat. They throw it into the app. I can then see it on my side. Yeah. And then from there we can say like, okay, you know, I've noticed that you know, you're eating this way, or you told me that you had really bad pain this day. Let's go back and look at your photos and like, let's see what you were eating that day. Um, and so that's been really helpful. And then by the end of the program is when we start taking a closer look at things like macros or calorie counting, that kind of thing. Because one of the things that, um, is really common with fibromyalgia is under eating. Mm-hmm. So, um, when you're in a lot of pain, you don't have the energy to cook, 
you don't really have an appetite, you know? And so what you'll see with a lot of my clients is like, they will eat maybe 300 calories in a day. Like it's next to nothing when they flare. Yeah. And so then what happens is they come to me and they're like, Rachel, uh, my chronic fatigue is so bad. I can't do anything. I can't even get up on the couch. And I'm like, cool. How many calories did you eat? Well, I'm just not hungry. It's not what I asked. <laughs> like, um, and so then we start working on like, okay, you're going to increase your calories. Like we are going to find ways. And I'm like, I don't care if you have to drink them. Yeah. Buy a protein shake, buy a fruit shake, buy fruit juice. I do not care. Mm-hmm. I was like, you have to consume calories every single day. Mm-hmm. And almost immediately they're like, oh my God. I have all this energy all of a sudden, like I can actually do things. I'm like, yep. Yeah. Saw that one coming. (laughs) Food is magic. (laughs) Right. Exactly. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. Because something that I've noticed is similar with like digestion. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, when you have a really bad day, you tend to think, okay, well, I'm just not going to eat because then the pain will at least subside, but then you get so tired and so low energy and so miserable. Yep. So like, even if you drink juice, you feel 10 times better. Yes. Yes, exactly. And I, oh God, I remember that of like many, many years ago where I would say, well, if uh, the IBS is so bad, if I just don't eat anything, Mm -hmm. then my IBS won't be flaring and my stomach won't hurt. Yeah. And it's like, that's not the way, (laughs) that's not the way to fix it. Yeah, no, not at all. Yep. Yep. I did the same thing when I was going through my shit. Like I would mm-hmm. just barely eat. And then I got so depressed because I wasn't eating and it was just, it's, it's a cycle. It's a cycle. Yeah. Oh yeah. And it's especially with like, you know, adverse gut reactions and stuff. It's so easy to become afraid of food. Oh yeah. Definitely. Like, um, I've definitely had clients in the past that are straight up afraid to eat certain foods. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'll say, okay, well, like, do you know if it affects you? Like what, what are your symptoms when you eat it? Mm -hmm. And they're just like, oh, I don't have any symptoms, but like I saw online that this was really bad for you. So I just stopped eating it. And like, now I'm, I'm just not going to, Mm -hmm. and I'm like, okay, well let's eat them. Let's eat it together. And then I'll be there holding your hand. And you can tell me like how you feel afterwards. Yeah. Um, And we have to like slowly bring it back from there. Yeah. No, that's, that's a very real thing. And that's something that I try to work on with my clients as well, because Mm -hmm. when you start noticing that you have symptoms with something, so then say, you know, you go through the process, you eliminate it, you, you know, supplement with the right things, start eating the right way, increasing your calories. And then we say, okay, let's add it back in and see how you feel. It's terrifying. Yeah, exactly. So conditioned to be afraid of certain things. And then because you know that you have a problem with that, if you see even the slightest resemblance of an ingredient in something else. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's, it's so funny to circle back to the, our, pre, our earlier conversation with the whole 30, mm-hmm. the whole 30, there's so much about the elimination part. 
So the 30 days, there are blogs, it's all over Pinterest, all these YouTube channels, like including mine, Mm -hmm. um, that have all of this help on how to survive the 30 days of the whole 30. Yeah. There is very little support on reintroduction. Really? Like, mm -hmm. so even in the whole 30 book, reintroduction is one chapter. What? Yeah, the whole reintroduction. And that is the most important part. And I, I have not read it yet, um, but um, Melissa, the, the creator of The Whole 30, she did write a second book called Food Freedom Forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's possible like that book will help, yeah. but that's just one piece. Like I have not seen anything else online about helping. And so I... I remember being in all of these like whole 30 Facebook groups Mm -hmm. where people say that's the way they eat 365 days a year. That is just, that is their diet. And it is, it is extremely restrictive. I want to say it's like Hartwig. Um, I really should know. Oh, you're fine. Uh, Her name. I feel bad, but um Yeah, it was like the creator of the Whole30 herself has said, this is meant to be 30 days, like Mm -hmm. 30 days. Maybe you might need like 60 days if your gut is a mess. Yeah. But like, this is not meant to be a forever diet. And people are just like, but I feel so great doing this. And so they're so scared about reintroducing, like introducing anything when it's like, well, you you probably are fine with beans and lentils if you would just try it, mm-hmm. you know, or maybe your body is totally fine with certain grains, like corn doesn't affect you at all. Mm-hmm. And you're missing out on all of these, you know, good things to eat. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. But yeah. Wow. That's shocking. Honestly, mm-hmm. I can't imagine eating like that 365 days a year. I, I cannot either. And it's so interesting. Like, okay. So people are just interesting. I I'm, I'm, I'm not funny enough. I am not a people person. Um, Honestly, neither am I. I It's so funny. I feel like a lot of us that coach aren't, but yet we love the people that we work with. Like it's a weird, like, I don't know what word for it is. Yeah. We like, we purposely attract the the people that we like can mesh with really well. Exactly. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I, I have definitely, I used to post on social media and be like, you know, what's really unhealthy. Like you're, you're missing out on a lot of like vital nutrients, et cetera. And I was like, what happens if you go to a wedding? Like, are you not going to eat their food? Like you're not going to eat their wedding cake or, yeah. um, and all those things. And there are some people that are like, nope. Okay. Like if, if that works for you, just know that you are in the minority. Like yeah. the majority of people cannot live like that and be happy. Yeah, no. If I had to like stop drinking wine for the rest of my life, just because I was scared to bring it back in, I yeah. would not be happy at all. <laughs> no, no. And it's so funny because I, um, I went through a period where I was having kind of bad reactions to red wine mm-hmm. and I thought for a moment I was going to have to give up wine. And I was so upset. (laughs) 
No. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, even yeah. when I was like going through my healing stuff, like my own healing program, I still had like a couple glasses of wine a week, even though it like did not agree with me. I was like, nope, I'm doing this. I, can't. I need this. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I always tell clients, I'm like, it is totally fine to eat a food that upsets your gut. Yeah. Like it's not, it's not wrong. It's not bad or whatever. As long as you take ownership of it. Mm-hmm. Like as long as you say, I'm an adult, I am making this decision. I will accept any of the consequences that happen. Yeah. Then drink your wine or eat your cake or eat your ice cream and enjoy it. Yeah. Just, yeah. just understand that you made this choice and there are, there may be consequences to it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, it, and I say that over time you get better at deciding like what's worth it and what's not. Oh, definitely. It, yeah. Like anything else, it's a learning curve, honestly. Mm-hmm. Just like anything else. Um, yeah. So I am curious um, because we did both compete. How did competing affect you? Oh, that is such a great question. So my, it's so interesting. My fibromyalgia was under control by the time I started competing. Okay. So that was good. And I, um, I had already been tracking food for a while. So I, um, I had a history of eating disorder. So I was a professional or how did I put it? I was a competitive dancer. So dancers don't eat. So I used macro tracking to teach myself after I finished with therapy, how to eat. So I had gone from like 900 calories a day to like a solid 2000 calories a day. And yeah, it was, it was huge. It was definitely. So I'm, I'm a huge fan of tracking. I, I get that some people it's not great for, um, but I personally found it extremely helpful. So all of that was ready. When I competed, I, my personality fits with competing so well. Yeah, mine too. (laughs) Uh, And I have zero problems tracking my macros. I have zero problems now giving up alcohol, going to the gym, getting cardio. I love the grind. I love pushing yourself all like all of the things. Yeah. But competing is not healthy. No, not in the slightest. Mm -hmm. And it also will just ruin your social life. Oh yeah. And so that's, I, I, the last time I competed was 2017. Mm -hmm. I was supposed to compete in 2020. Yeah. And quit. Um, I was like three months into a six month prep and stopped. And now we're actually, we're, we're trying for kids. So yeah. So, um, you know, competing is not going to happen for a while, but it's just, it's so hard because so much of me would love to compete, Mm -hmm. but I know, like, I promised my husband that like, I would not for a while Yeah, because like he wants to go out to dinner and Mm -hmm. eat and relax and go on holiday and like not have to worry about competing and Mm-hmm. yeah all of no, that I get but. that I get that a lot especially like I was supposed to compete in in um 
was it 2020? I think, I think we started a prep in 2020 and then my body wasn't responding. So we quit. And then I was supposed to compete again this past year, but my body didn't respond well again. So I quit again. (laughs) And it's been like this three year struggle of like, okay, I want to do this. Like my personality is so drawn to it because like you said, it's like, I love the grind. I have no problem tracking, but at the same time, it's like, okay, I, I do enjoy the life that we live now. I, like you said, your husband wants to do, I enjoy going out and going on vacation and not, you know, worrying about, um, what I'm eating or, you know, yeah. if alcohol is going to affect prep, you know, and exactly. we, we both made the agreement like, okay, we, we do want another kid yep. together, but once, you know, we hit 30, we're kind of like, well, that's, that's kind of like the cutoff point. Yeah because we had, we both had kids so young and we're like, okay, well, we want to be able to enjoy when we're older. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, I guess we'll just see. It's, it's that like awkward middle stage of life. Yep. Mm-hmm. I, so I totally didn't, that. It didn't affect your fibro at all because you had it under control. Yeah, it, it really didn't. Um, I kept waiting, like I kept waiting for the shoe to drop and uh, especially with the amount of exercise that's required. Like oh, I, God, I don't even know what my cardio got up to at the end, like a solid 45 minutes. Right. Oh, and really? it? yeah, well, I guess that's true. That's not that high. But. Oh my God. I was like doing double nineties and seventies. <laughs> oh no, no. Thank God. Um, yeah, I didn't need too much, but yeah, it, it never happened. And the only thing I can think of is it's because I didn't find prep stress stressful. Mm-hmm. Like I, I am so good at just tell me the plan. I'll follow the plan. Yeah. Like I find actually comfort. So, um, this past year I'd been really struggling to lose weight. Mm-hmm. Like I, Oh God, I was tracking. I was doing cardio. I even started running and like, ugh. um, and the weight would not drop. And I was trying to get kind of, you know, I wanted to lose weight for my wedding. And so I reached out to my friend, Julie, um, which I think you might know Jules fit. Oh my Uh, God. I love her. Yeah. So I was like, Julie, I need you to just give me macros. Like, can you just give me macros and I'll follow them? And she was like, yes, absolutely. And after like not losing weight and just like struggling Mm-hmm. from January to my wedding, I dropped like seven pounds. Yeah. And it was, it was the same macros I was following before. It was just because somebody else told me to do it and I didn't mm-hmm. have to stress or think about adjusting them. Yeah. Like all of that weight disappeared. Yeah. And I'm curious, I'm, I'm wondering now because I also have that, that same, like if somebody tells me to do it, I don't have a problem. Yeah. And I, I used to do this stuff for myself. Like before, when I first started competing, I did it for myself and I was fine. And now it's like, I need somebody to tell me, I wonder if it's mm-hmm. like a progression of the ADHD, because then we don't, we don't have to think about all the process that goes into it. Bingo. I'm pretty sure that's what it is, is that every time I go to make, I can make other people's adjustments. Yeah. Like I, if one of my clients is following macros, I can adjust it. No problem. But when it comes to adjusting my macros, 
I will obsess about like, should I do this one or this one? I don't know. Like, it, like would this be a good idea? Maybe I should try this. I, I don't know what it is about me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it definitely could be the ADHD thing because yeah, it like overnight, it was like, I felt like this weight had been lifted of just like, here's the plan, Rachel, just follow it. Yeah. That's exactly how I felt when I had Paul, um, not my Paul, but my coach yeah. Paul. <laughs> Your coach Paul. It, it, it's weird trying to like differentiate. <laughs> and then like my therapist's name yeah. was Lexi and my sister's name is Lexi. And I had to like differentiate between them. It was a mess. Um, uh, <laughs> anyway. Yeah. That's exactly the same way when I finally handed off my training to him and I'm just like, look, give me a plan. I'll follow it. I'm, I'm yeah. done doing this myself. Yeah. I cannot. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I've noticed. And that's something that I tell like my clients too. I was like, sometimes coaching is not about knowledge. Like I, I obviously I have a master's in exercise science. I'm a coach. I know exactly what to do. I just don't want to do it. Mm -hmm. So that's what I tell my clients too. I was like, maybe, you know, how to weight lift. Maybe, you know, how to eat healthy and do all of the things, but if you're still struggling you should still join FiberFit Warriors if only to have that reassurance of like, I'm here holding your hand the entire way. Yeah. Sometimes it's just the support and the accountability, not necessarily like mm-hmm. learning anything new. Exactly. Because I, I 100% guarantee you, I could not have healed my gut on my own. Yeah. Could not have done it. Yeah. Wouldn't have done it. Even yeah. if I knew how to do it. It's an interesting like psychological thing. We kind of talked about this before, but um, I'm curious about your thoughts of like how the industry, the like coaching industry, the fitness industry, how it's like all changed throughout the years, because I'm sure we have like some of the same opinions. Yeah. How the coaching industry has changed. Oh boy. I, you know, what's really funny is I've noticed that a lot of the people who are fitness coaches Mm -hmm. are no longer fitness coaches. Yeah. And I feel that's because it's so hard to sell health. Like it's so hard to invest in your health Um, and trying to convince someone like, Hey, you know, pay me X amount of money and I can get you to feel better. Sometimes like you can do that. And so, um, like, I think that's why my coaching business is still doing really well because it's easy for me to relate to people. It's easy for people to see the value in becoming healthier and feeling healthier. And I think the same is true probably for your clients with gut health, when you are in so much pain and you feel awful, that's a lot easier to be like, okay, this is worth it. Like this money is worth it to me. Definitely. But I feel like all of the other coaches online are all selling the same shit. Yeah. It's all, let me teach you how to lose weight without giving up your favorite foods. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And every single coach. And the problem with that is like, that is saturated. And yeah, we'll see people who it's like, okay, well, you can pay $50 a month and download someone's app and get all these workouts and like, that'll be fine. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I've just noticed like all of the really successful 
fitness people mm-hmm. all coach something else now. Yeah. Or went into like a totally different career field. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's definitely, like you said, it's interesting because there was a time when I almost like gave up on mine too, because, because of that. And that's why I went in this direction rather than, well, I can teach you how to lift and lose weight without, you know, giving up wine or whatever. Everybody does that. It's the same thing. Yeah. They're all teaching you the exact same thing. It's just a matter of, okay, you got to pick who you relate to the best, you know? Exactly. Exactly. And then you also have to compete on price Mm -hmm. because then it's like, well, this person only charges this amount. Like, what, what is it about you that is different? Um, but yeah, that's, it's, it's been interesting. I think also 2020, I think was a huge shift in that now all of a sudden people are more interested in starting online businesses. Yeah. And so now I think the, there's going to be even more of an influx of, people. Um, I, I definitely noticed a big increase of like online businesses after 2020 for sure. Oh. Because, you know, people either had to rely on that or they were sent home from work and to work from home. And then everybody realizes, oh, hey, it's pretty great to work from home. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, my mom um, doesn't plan on going back to work. She's like, I'm not going back to the office. I'm just going to work from home. I have my computers and that's great. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So my, um, my day job is actually design websites okay. and, um, yeah, I transitioned to hundred percent remote because I was just like, I can work from home. What, what's the point of going into the office? Yeah. And that allows you more time for your business as well. Exactly. It's, it's made it so much easier because I'm able to like, I have, you know, my billable hours for the, um, website design, but then if I need to take a two hour break during the day to talk to a client, or if I need to, you know, take a 15 minute break to post on Instagram or something like that, like Mm -hmm. not a big deal. Yeah. It's not a big deal at all. Mm -hmm. It's, it's definitely been a weird shift. And for me, it's been like the opposite because 2020 was when I like went full-time online coaching. And now, you know, the kids got used to me being home. They loved it. And now, you know, they're both starting school. Well, one, my stepson already just, he just graduated kindergarten today and Liam starts kindergarten in the fall. And, you know, part of me was like, what am I going to do when they're not here? And that's part of why I went back to work. Like, yeah, that's as fair. much as I love my business and my clients, like it doesn't keep me busy enough all day Yep. to where I'm like, and Paul's asleep or, you know, at work. And I'm just like, well, what am I going to do all day by myself? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I need, I need that human interaction as much of like, not a people person as I am. Like I need it. There's, there's a, there's a balance. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Definitely <laughs> balance. <laughs> I'm always like doing something or like saying something and at work, they'll be like, what did you say? I'm like, no, I'm talking to myself. I okay, I'm not it. expecting you to listen. <laughs> yeah. Um, so really, I think we covered almost everything that I want to talk about. I do have a question though. Do you get like any of the pit bull stigma where you live? Like, do you have, do you guys have any like laws against that or what, how does that work? Yeah. So we actually got lucky. So um, we, we, 
we adopted Enzo and Penny, who are both pit bull mixes in Chicago. Uh-huh. And Chicago is a very pit bull friendly town, like city. Okay. So uh, there are a lot of people with pit bulls. Mm-hmm. Um, so many <laughs> that I would say like the majority of um, dogs up for adoption are pit bulls. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was really nice. When we, we are now in Colorado And yeah, in Denver up until I want to say it was 2020 or maybe 2021, I think it was 2020, they, um, pit bulls were banned. What? Mm -hmm. So it was a, an old law that they like, couldn't get rid of or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I'm pretty sure it was 2020 during the elections, the people of Denver overturned it and was like, this law is bullshit. Get rid of it. And Good. it passed. Yeah, exactly. So that's been really great. Um, so that was a big reason why we moved. We obviously would never have moved if it hadn't been overturned. Yeah. Um, so that's really helpful. But there's still, you can definitely see some stigma. Like if I'm walking the dogs, sometimes people will take their dogs and move to the other side, which yeah. is totally like, fine like if you're you know whatever if you don't want to say hi you don't have to say hi yeah um but we actually just had an incident so Enzo um is very vocal when he plays yeah so um he will kind of growl and he wants to play rough and everything but he's never hurt anybody Mm so um to the point of he's had like little dogs bite him before I know, right? We were walking in Chicago and this little, I can't, I think it was like a Frenchie or something. Yeah. Um, one of those little designer dogs bit Enzo on the face and he just looked at him like, what the hell's wrong with you? Like, mm-hmm. what? You know, but he, like, he didn't retaliate, nothing like that. Yeah. Well, we took Enzo to be boarded for our wedding Mm -hmm. and they told him that they pulled him out of group play and he wasn't allowed to play with the other dogs. Oh my God. And I'm like, well, well, why? Like what's going on? Uh And they said, oh, well, it's because he's, he's just unpredictable because he's a pit bull. I, it sounds to me like he's pretty damn predictable in your house. Right? Like, um, and the thing is, I warned them before we booked them. I was like, hey, he's very vocal. Yeah. So he will growl, but look at his other body language, like his tail's wagging, he's having fun. Like that's just him saying hi. Yeah. You know, um, and I, that's probably what they saw and got scared. Yeah. So that just sucks. We, we're trying to find like the right boarding facility. There was a a one in Chicago that we loved so much um, that worked, like I would say almost all of their dogs that went there were pit bulls. um, And the trainers just like knew the breed really well and were really great. And that just doesn't exist here. That's sad. They're probably just not so, like obviously you said the law just got overturned. So they're going to have to like work through it exactly and figure out how to adjust they're still exactly. in that like adjustment period that sucks though I yeah. mean hopefully you guys can find a good one soon yeah I I hope so if not like um you know I I thankfully have a friend that will come and 
and watch them like she came um and watch them when we were on our honeymoon so that that was really nice but yeah yeah babies yeah they're 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 the best babies and honestly most of them are the biggest babies yes cowboy is scared of the dumpster (laughs) (laughs) well i should say he used to be scared of the dumpster i've gotten him to the point where he'll at least go near it so i can throw his poop away but he won't like go right next to it yeah he's like that's too close mom i don't know um enzo hated boxes for the longest time um so like when we had all of our furniture delivered because we we bought a house here Mm -hmm. and um he was like oh my god no box Uh -uh." (laughs) (laughs) that's so funny yeah Yeah, king the i can't walk king because he he will bark and and don't get me wrong he's the friendliest dog again big baby but he will bark at any other dog yeah any other dog and when he sees a horse and buggy oh forget about it he flips out I don't know if he's scared of them because he's not used to seeing them. We got him from a family in um, Sinking Spring, which is a suburb. And there's not very many like Amish people there. Like, okay. so like you're not in the country basically. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's because he's scared of them because he's not used to seeing them and he, it just confuses him yeah. or like what, but people definitely look at him and think, oh, he's a mean dog, but like, no, no, <laughs> he, it's just, He's just vocal. It's just what they do. (laughs) Like he straight up, like I had him outside to use the bathroom the one morning before I went to work and he walk. he tends to like walk around me in circles. So I just like switched the leash and, you know, so I don't get dizzy. He slipped out of my grip when I was trying to pick up his poop and ran over to say hi to this lady and her grandson. And I like freaked out thinking, oh my God, they're going to think he's trying to attack them. Like but no, he just went right up to the kid, licked his face and was like wagging his tail, like so happy. <laughs> so cute. Um, yeah, but I would say not so much. So Penny is a little over a year, I think. Um, she's indifferent about children, but Enzo loves children and he does the exact same thing. If he sees a little kid, he's got to go up. He has to say hi um and then the big thing so if there's a a stroller Mm -hmm. he like wants to look in the stroller because he needs to see if there's a baby in there and that of course would freak out moms all the time here's this pit bull coming in getting close to my newborn and so the way I I say it now is I go Enzo that's not your baby and then the moms immediately calm down and they're like oh okay okay he just he just likes kids (laughs) likes kids that's adorable now it sounds like they're gonna be great whenever you guys end up having kids like yeah they're just gonna love them to death yeah I'm really excited for all of the cute photos that I'm gonna take <laughs> I'm gonna have so many I can promise you that you're gonna have so many yeah and I swear to god that's like all my phone is it's like the dogs and the kids separately or together <laughs> yep that sounds about right <laughs> yeah. like cowboy it's it's so cute because when Liam's not here when he's at his dad's he will if Liam leaves like a stuffed animal down here he'll lay with it and cuddle it or um if I have King out cowboy tends to like go upstairs and hide um because they fought a few times Uh, yeah they're both boys they're not fixed it's gonna happen um but I'll find him in Liam's bed oh I think it's because he misses him (laughs) yeah yeah you're gonna have all the cute photos 
Okay. So it's just like simple random questions that I mm -hmm. thought like would help people get to know you better. Um, favorite color? Ooh, um, cobalt blue. Oh, that's very specific. I know, right? That's like my power color. Every I time know. I have like an interview or something like that, it's the color I wear. I like it. I like it. Nice. Favorite movie? So I keep saying this answer, even though I, I think it's still true. Um, have you ever seen the movie Labyrinth with David Bowie? No. So it's a kid's movie, but it's been okay. my favorite movie since like, I don't know, middle school or something, but it's got David Bowie and the Muppets and okay. it's one of my favorites. I'll have to look it up and maybe try mm -hmm. to watch it with the kids. Yeah. I just saw they added like all the Rugrats movies to HBO and I got so excited. I'm like, oh, yeah, Liam, I know what we're watching. Because yeah. <laughs> I finally got him hooked on Scooby-Doo. I'm like, yes. Oh, nice. Good choice. Yeah. I hate all the new kids like shows and I'm like, you guys are going to watch the oldies. Yeah. The class you're going to watch. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Favorite musical artist. Oh, um, I would go with Queen um okay. like the band yeah. yeah okay well uh what show are you watching on netflix right now oh shit what am i <laughs> what did we oh we just finished ozarks oh. um like the latest yeah i am not gonna give away the ending no but... don't because i have to catch up <sighs> we haven't watched like i think we got to like the middle of season there's four seasons right yeah, yeah, four. four. We got to the middle of season three and then like, you know, we both just kind of like got start other things. Yeah. Food do you can't live without? Um oh probably eggs. I I love eggs. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's not a bad thing to love. I, you know? Yeah, I know. It's it's a weird thing. They could be you can make a lot of different things with them, so I get it. Right. Exactly. I'm also a big breakfast for dinner person. Mm -hmm. Like if I just do not want to cook, but I want to eat something, I will make breakfast. Yeah. No breakfast for dinner is the best. It's better than breakfast for breakfast. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Like I used to thrive having like a giant bowl of cereal for dinner. Mm -hmm. <laughs> My mom would have to try to convince me to eat something else. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Energy drink or coffee? Oh, that's so hard. Why? I know. Um, my choice. <laughs> I, oh God. Okay. I think I'm going to go with coffee, mm -hmm. but that is, that is a tough decision because yeah. I love energy drinks. <laughs> okay. So I'm curious, and this is going to divert from the, uh, the rapid fire for a minute. Yeah. Do you ever find that because of the ADHD, instead of coffee, giving you energy, it makes you kind of tired. You got it every time okay so it's every time no it is not just you and <laughs> i i can drink a monster and go to sleep a minute later mm -hmm. like i don't under the people that say like oh i drink monsters and get all jittery no i drink a monster and i'm like zen yeah yeah yep there's only certain ones that like give me energy like the c4 energy drinks mm -hmm. i can drink those and it does what it's supposed to um but monster never did anything for me no absolutely not um <laughs> i i do, i don't know why i keep drinking it when i know like it's just gonna relax me it's not gonna wake yeah. me up. i yeah. think it's like habit because we get so we got so used to it before you know mm-hmm 
it's one of those things like you keep thinking, okay, maybe one day it'll work and it's right. Like, yeah, no, no, it doesn't. (laughs) Okay. Since you said coffee, would you rather have Starbucks or Dunkin'? Oh, Starbucks. Oh, okay. Good. Yeah. (laughs) I'm sorry, but Dunkin' Donuts is watery. I personally think it tastes chemically. Oh, I could see that. I get like this aftertaste and I'm just like, something's off here. Something's off. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah. Sorry, not a Duncan fan. Yeah. I'll drink it if I have to, but other than that, like I'll pass. Exactly. Um, sweet or salty? Salty. I love salt. Yes. <laughs> Same. Um, what was it? Oh, when I was competing, you know how you're supposed to like eat salt or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, you know, you can have pickles or whatever. I'm like, nah, I'm good. Just put salt in my hand and and I'll just take it yeah I did the same thing or I would like put it on my rice cakes instead I do that too I still do it (laughs) it's better it's so much better like it I don't know like there's something I love natural peanut butter and I love the way it tastes but I still have to add the salt yep same yeah I can't stand the stuff that already has the salt in it yeah I don't know what it is yep I feel you on that 100% Mm mm-hmm and when I was pregnant, I added salt to everything. I'm not even kidding. Everything. That's so Even funny. stuff that I like should, would be disgusting now. Just like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. So this might be kind of a redundant question because I just found out you live in Colorado. Um, yeah. Warm weather or cold weather? Which do you prefer? Warm. Actually. Okay. Yeah. So I, the reason I like Colorado is that it's always sunny. Mm-hmm. So even in the winter, it's warm. Uh-huh. Like, yeah. So I remember when we were house hunting in January, mm-hmm. it was something like 50 degrees Fahrenheit, 40 degrees Fahrenheit. Okay. And like, I was outside without a coat on what? because when you are in the sun, it is warm. And the mm-hmm. other thing is, I think humidity is disgusting. Okay. Like I, so I can't do Florida. Like yeah. it's just awful. And then even every time I go back to Chicago, I can just feel the water in the air. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm very much a dry heat kind of person. Yes. I will take the dry heat any day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's why like slowly over the years, I think I've come to prefer like the mountains over the beach because it's yeah. just so humid and it's just it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. I don't need to ask this because you have two pit bulls. So you're clearly a dog person. Yes, a hundred percent. I am. I don't like cats. They're fine, but (laughs) I don't mind them. I actually like them, but Paul very much does not like them. (laughs) Yep. So dogs all the way. Um, when you train, would you rather train upper body or lower body? If you could choose upper body. Okay. Yeah. Which I know is like the opposite. So most women that I know love training lower body because we're just stronger. Yeah, like, stronger. Yeah, exactly. So like I could leg press 300 plus pounds and mm-hmm. like whatever. But my favorite thing to lift is shoulders. Oh, mine too. I love lifting shoulders. <laughs> I, I do it almost every day and Paul doesn't yeah. understand how I could do it. And I mean, partially like it's on my program. So it's like shoulders and something else basically yeah. every day. Yeah. And he doesn't understand why I like it. I'm like, no, this, I love it. <laughs> yep. I mean, lower body second, but shoulders is first. <laughs> shoulders is first always. Yep. Yeah. 
Okay. Do you prefer like the country or the city? I'm, um, that's a great question. I think I prefer the city, mm -hmm. but as I've gotten older, I've noticed my tolerance for bullshit is much lower. <laughs> and so I, right now I live in a suburb of Denver and it's like the perfect mix for me okay. where it's still, there's a lot of stuff going on. Like there's a lot of people and stuff like that, but I have enough room to kind of like spread out. Yeah. Um, but we're only, we're like less than 10 minute drive from downtown Denver. Okay. So it's very easy for me to like still go out. Yeah. You're just not constantly surrounded by it. Exactly. Yeah. You need, you have that like breather, which I feel like is nice. I'm going to ask this question first because the last girl, the last Rachel that I asked, <laughs> she completely surprised me with her answer. Do you, do you actually take pre-workout? I used to, I don't anymore. Okay. So you don't either. Okay. Mm -hmm. Then no. that question I was going to ask does not even apply. I, I used to take pre, when I first started working out, Mm -hmm. I was all about the supplements. Yeah. And then during prep, I had this time where I forgot my pre-workout mm -hmm. and I went to a local coffee shop and got an espresso shot instead Yeah, and felt so much more energy from that than any pre-workout I had ever taken. Yeah. And that was sort of the end of it. I was like, yeah. all right, if I need anything, I'll try like coffee or yeah. an energy drink or something like that. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. I, I can understand that honestly, because ever since I got on the Adderall, like I barely need anything unless it's yeah. like a really rough day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like, I've, I found that like anytime I did take a pre-workout, whether it was stim free or not, like I just kind of felt tired mm -hmm. from it. Yeah. So you like, like crash afterwards. Yeah. If I need something, I take like the fat burner from Warrior Fuel because I work with them, but that's yeah. that's it. Yeah. So I get it. I get it. Yeah. Um, favorite alcohol? Tequila. Really? Mm hmm It's my go-to drink. Um, so it's the one alcohol that I it, like does it doesn't well, like doesn't affect me. Of course yeah. it affects me. I get drunk, but yeah, um, but it doesn't make you like give you a flare up or anything. No, like it doesn't flare me. So it's gluten-free. It doesn't flare me. I don't really even feel that hungover the next day unless like the night before my wedding, when I did like five or six tequila shots, <laughs> that was a mistake. So then, yes, I woke up with a hangover. You know what? <laughs> it's your wedding though. You deserve it. Was it. Fine. it was fine. It was fine. And then my husband and I, we actually worked out together the morning of our wedding. Um, so I, he like called me and was like, get your butt out of bed. I don't care that you're hungover mm -hmm. or lifting. And that, that got rid of my hangover, which was nice. Yeah. Yeah. I can understand that. Wait, so you guys didn't like, you did the traditional thing. Like you didn't spend the night together. Yeah, No. So I, I had my own room by myself and then he slept with his two brothers. Okay. So they could have like a bro night. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we slept separately the night before. But okay. then we saw each other before the wedding. Yeah. Because we you lived out. That's, yeah. That's good. Yeah. That's, I don't know. Like, I know that's like a traditional thing, but I don't know if I could do it. Yeah. I really well, don't know if I could. It's hard when you're like, when you live with your partner. Yeah. Like, yeah. So the, the reason I did it was because my mom is extremely old fashioned. Mm-hmm. 
And she told me I had to sleep with her the night before my wedding. Okay. And I said, absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) So that was our like, okay, I will just get my own room and everybody, everybody will be fine. Everybody wins in a way. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. I get it. I get it. Would you prefer to cook or bake? That's a great question. I, I hate both. Um, (laughs) but I very rarely bake. Okay. And I feel like I baked a lot when I was in high school, but Mm -hmm. since going gluten-free, I I guess it really kind of limits you. It does. And the thing is like gluten-free has changed so much. So from when I first started, like now, um, actually my husband loves gluten-free baking. Uh So he was so proud. He found this gluten-free flour and he started doing all of these things and go, go, go for it. But like, yeah, I just haven't, I I don't like either of them, but yeah. Fair enough. I, I honestly haven't baked much since I moved out of my parents' house, but like Liam has really kind of taken on my love for baking. So anytime that we go to the store, I'll like grab the, the easy stuff, you know, like the, the cookie kits or whatever. Yeah. And like, we'll bake those together and then he'll eat all the cookies in one sitting. (laughs) That's really cute. (laughs) Um, Walmart or Target. Okay. So it used to be Target. Mm Mm-hmm. Walmart has come out of nowhere and is now taking over. So in Chicago, I don't know if you knew this, but you can't, well, you can't have Walmart within the city. Yeah. You can have Walmart grocery stores, but you cannot have a Walmart within the city limits. And so when we moved to Colorado, we have a Walmart here and I am finding so many things that I can't find anywhere else yeah. at Walmart. Like their clothing selection is, is getting a lot better. And like just the other day, um, I found fat-free feta cheese. Oh, wow. Which I have only ever found at Trader Joe's before mm-hmm. and Walmart has it. Wow. Yeah. Now, is there a reason that they can't have Walmart in the city in Chicago? So the, I don't know what the official reason is, uh-huh. but the the talk that people say is because that because Walmart has like super cheap prices or whatever, Uh that it would basically attract the riffraff. Oh, okay. Which is stupid and not true. Basically they said that they didn't want that in the city. I think the official reason sometimes is they say like, oh, it would put like small businesses out of business. Yeah. But like, I don't know if that's necessarily true either because there's targets everywhere. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, I can kind of see where they're coming from with like the whole riffraff thing because I mean, depending on the area that you do put a Walmart in, that's obviously the people who live there are going to shop there. Right. But that's common sense. I mean, I live near Walmart. I'm going to shop at a Walmart. Yeah, exactly. Am I riffraff for that? No. No. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like, are people going to bus in to go? No, of course not. Like, they're going to shop where they live. Yeah, exactly. So I, I don't know. Probably in truth is someone just paid a bunch of money to get them to not come. 
probably because that's Chicago. Well, well hey. thank you for hopping on here with me. This is fun. It's been nice to catch up. I we I feel like we haven't really talked in a while. I know it's been a long time. Probably not since we competed. Yeah, um, I don't think so. Yeah, we've gone through a lot of a lot of life since then. <laughs> That is so true. It looks like you're doing real well too. So yeah, that's I am. Okay. Well, that is the end of today's episode, guys. I hope you enjoyed the little talk interview catch up session that Rachel and I had. It was so nice to talk with her again after God knows how long. <laughs> um, I know I learned so much about fibro and I'm sure you guys found this really informational and educational as well. Um, so with that said, if you liked this episode, please let me know, um, share it on Instagram, tag me in your story, leave a comment, subscribe, whatever it is that you want to do. <laughs> I always find this part so awkward, but it really does help me out to know that you guys like are listening and enjoying. And that way I have a better idea of what kind of episodes I can keep creating for you guys in the future. So like I said, I hope you guys enjoyed it. And Rachel, thank you again for coming on here. We will definitely uh, keep up better <laughs> from now on. Have a great day, guys. I'll see you next time.